0: Hello, this is Morgan Snyder, and... Hi, Morgan. Hey. Hi, Morgan. I'm with Craig McConnell and Alan Arnold in the studio here in Colorado, and it's good to be together with you guys again, both in the studio, but way better to be with the listeners than you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Always giving me crap. Um, You're really doing good Hey, so far. thanks, man. Sometimes we jump into these podcasts with a real particular theme that we sense that we want to offer or chase after, but this morning what we were sensing was just to go with what's current in our lives, what's God leading us into, what's surfacing, and where does he have us? So, Alan, I'm going to tee it up for you and ask you that question.
1: Well, I had one of the best weeks of the whole year in this past week, and whose phone is that? That's it's not f-
0: Craig's. He can't find it. Yeah, got, I have no
2: idea where my phone is. <laughs> You're Maybe <beeping>. that's it. <laughs> Finally. Whoa, it's under the ashtray. <laughs> <laughs> I had a uh,
1: fantastic week last week. And the reason why is I got to pursue a dream with God in a very cool way. And I have been wanting to write a book for, gosh, years and so have been thinking about it and jotting notes down and here and there spending a few minutes on it, but came to realize at this rate, this won't be done for another 30 years because I just can't focus my time. And my wife, Kelly, so amazing, the week before had said, you know what? Just go and write. Mm. Well, like, what do you mean? And she said, well, like, just find a place in Colorado. You're in one of the most beautiful places in the world. Go find a place, a cabin, home, and just take several days. Write this book, like just you and God. So that's what I did last Hmm. week. It was amazing. I had three-plus days with literally just God and myself to play on this creative playground and start to finish. Got a first draft of this book that he's put on my heart. And, wow. Yeah.
0: Well done, buddy.
1: Yeah. And it was more than that. It was God fathering me in those times from start to finish. Like, I was joking with Kelly when she said, Well, go ahead and just, you know, book a place. And I said, Yeah, I will. I, you know, I just wish I had like a rich uncle. She said, What do you mean by that? <laughs> I said, Well, I mean, like, I wish I had somebody that said, Hey, I've already taken care of all that. Like, here's your plane reservations. Here's the place. I've stocked the fridge with all the food. There's coffee. There's tequila. Go have fun. I want your uncle, too, buddy. (laughs)
0: Sign me up.
1: Well, that's the problem. I don't have the uncle. (laughs) And so I just booked my place, and it was fine. But then you were booked at the Blue Bonnet Motel,
0: right? (laughs) Yeah. How did you know?
1: Well, it's a great place for writing books.
0: (laughs) And drinking tequila.
1: Yeah. So two days before I left... I'm standing in a group of guys and this guy comes up and he asks me, you know, what's going on? And, and I just took the risk to be vulnerable and said, well, actually, in a few days, I'm going to do something really cool. I'm going to go write this book. And I told him the story and he looked at me and he said, well, don't go to this place you've booked. I've got a home right near there. Just come. I'll stock the refrigerator. I'll take care of it. You mm-hmm. just come and write. And he was going to be there up until the day before, but Uh then he was heading out. And so literally, God not only through my wife and through this guy and others, not only provided time, but lavishly provided the space and the Mm. place for me to create with him. So a very current story, just got back a few days ago, was just such a rich time with God. Mm. I was alone in the sense of it was just me at the place, but I never felt alone. Mm-hmm. It felt like God and I were there as a father-son the whole time mm-hmm.
2: doing it together. Describe what you mean by rich time. You're there riding. What does that mean? What's that yeah. look like? Well,
1: for one thing, once I pulled up into the driveway for the next three and a half days, I didn't even – Leave One time for anything. Hmm. So I was fully present in this, really at this table Hmm. with books, with ideas, big post-it pads on the wall spread out to just get a Sharpie and write ideas down as they came, my laptop, worship music playing. And rich in the sense of, I knew God had invited me into this. I knew he had given me the ideas. What the book is on is how people can go from living as an orphan into living in son or daughtership with God in their gifting, in their talent, in their calling, how to not do that alone, but do that with God. Mm -hmm. And so I know it's a message that he wants out, one I'm extremely passionate about, and to spend days with God hearing him say, yeah tell the story. Yeah, write this. What about this? Remember when we did this and seeing how it all fits together. Hmm. Not trying to strive, not trying to do something necessarily to get the approval or validation of others, hmm. but to say God, you will not let this dream die in me. You've continued to fuel it and now you've invited me here for 3 days with you. Let's go. Let's ride the wave. Let's run. It's your pleasure that I sense. Mm-hmm. And so rich in that sense, it was not based on any other person or based on anything
2: but just the Father's presence. He was present, and you just felt him directing, guiding. You often describe that kind of as a playground with God. Just Yes, and it really was
1: You know, another visual that comes to mind is you're in the ocean and you're waiting on the waves and you're not creating them. Mm -hmm. You're not artificially trying to make something happen, but you're watching, you're ready, you've got your board. And when God says, all right, here's the wave, Mm -hmm. do it, ride it, let's do it. It's amazing. But it's okay also to just sit in the wake of that for hours, just basking in his presence Mm -hmm. like there's you're not trying to kind of splash up the next wave with your own strength you're just doing it together and i didn't know when i went there craig and morgan like i didn't know if i'd leave with a couple of chapters Mm -hmm. with a couple of pages nothing or if i'd have the whole thing and it was really okay either way Mm -hmm. like the pressure wasn't on to perform or to prove my worth you know by saying Man, if I go here and I leave with you know nothing, boy, what a failure. No, 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 to say, God, you've invited me here. If I just leave with more of your presence, I'm good. Mm. If I leave with the whole manuscript, I'm good. Whatever it is, I want to taste it. I want to experience it. I want to be part of that. That's what I mean by rich. And it was one of the highlights, really, more than a year of my life mm. to have that time with mm. God And for listeners, I think it doesn't have to be about writing. It doesn't have to be about any particular thing. But to take the passion that God's given you and the desires of your heart and set aside time and a place to experience that with God, to go deeper, whether it's something – an outdoor activity, whether it's a long-lost dream – But you and God doing it together in his presence, at his pace, at his invitation, you've got to try to make time for that and experience it because you'll be blown away, I think, by what God does, how he shows up, where he takes you.
0: Yeah, sir, that's good. Alan, that is really rich. And as I'm listening to you, one of the places I go and just wondering is the category of opposition, Mm -hmm. because while I've experienced that intimacy of sonship, of being with a father on some epic adventure, I know that more often than not, there's this great opposition that has to be fought through. And so just putting myself again in the shoes of the listener, I wonder in that story, was there opposition or is there opposition in that storyline in your life? And just can you highlight, if so, how you specifically contended with that and fought through?
1: There was huge opposition, Morgan, and I'm glad you brought that up. There was huge opposition from the time that I agreed with my wife that I was going to book this place Mm -hmm. before the friend offered his place. But from the time we said, yes, we're going to make time and I'm going to do this, The immediate sense I had all over me was you don't even have anything to say. Mm. Like you're going to go to this place and stare at the wall because you do not have something to say. Certainly not a book worth of anything to say. And so what a pathetic waste of time this Mm. is, of money. I got hit with, you know, you're leaving your wife and kids for three days. You could be pouring into them. You could be there for them you're going off somewhere. And the image I had was like of a, imagine a painter who brought this, you know, four foot canvas in his car and he goes to this place and he brings the four foot canvas into the room with him and he has all his paint and he just stares at a blank canvas. And four days later, he's leaving with the same blank canvas. Like that's the image I had to the point of, I just need to call this off. Like, I know I was passionate about this, but now that it's about to happen, I don't really have anything to say. And how embarrassing to come back with nothing. Right. The way I fought it, which was very effective, was actually through worship and through leaning into God. Mm-hmm. In other words, yes, I believe you resist the enemy and he flees. The way I resisted him, however, was through worship. It was not this extended conversation— With him, the enemy, it was God, as my father, you've given me this message, you've given me this desire, and I'm going to so listen to your voice that anything the enemy's trying to say just fades into the background. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to lean into you. And God, if you bring me here and I do stare at the wall for four days, but we stare together, that's
2: okay Mm.
1: because I'm going to do this as your son. And so that was another reason I had worship music playing the whole time I was writing as just a way to change the atmosphere. Um, I consecrated the place when I got there mm-hmm. as holy ground. It was amazing. Yes, extreme warfare on the front end, trying to really just derail the whole trip before it even happened. Yes. And yet saying, no way. Mm-hmm. Like God has invited me into this. He's given me this. And we're going to do this together. Mm. So it was like a boy holding his father's hand going on a road trip together. Mm. I wasn't going to let anything get in the way of that.
0: It's so good to hear that piece of the story because it makes the victory that much more substantial, that much more meaningful. Mm. And what comes to my heart as you're sharing that is when Jesus tells the parable of the sower and the seeds of the seed that fell on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who by persevering produce a crop and god's produced something pretty amazing through you and i'm really excited to read it what i hear is that it was his work through you as a son through your persevering and i'm really proud of you well done
2: Morgan, I love what I see God doing with you over these years. You have diligently applied what you believe and know to be true about taking care of your soul and pursuing God and putting yourself in places where God can come and speak. So I'd love to hear the update of uh, what's going on, what you're learning. Morgan Snyder in uh, November, December 2015.
0: Thanks, Craig. Yeah, it's a big ask in a way because there's lots of directions I could go. But this morning, just what I sensed to share, John was teaching recently. He was actually officiating a wedding and he was describing that the heart beats and it rests. The heart beats and it rests. And there is a rhythm to a sustainable kingdom life. And the world, the false self, the enemy is always baiting us to live differently than in a rhythm that is healthy and rooted and established in God. And so just the flow of the calendar here and in my personal life, it's been an intense season from... August until now, finishing with this most recent boot camp. And starting in January, for all intents and purposes, it picks up pretty intensely from January to June. Mm-hmm. And backing up at 15,000 feet and looking at that, what I'm aware of is that if there is an ebb and a flow, and in an ebb and a flow, then this window right now is my ebb. Mm-hmm. This has to be the time where I willfully choose to slow down to mm. to do the things i need to be restored and strengthened but the reality of the world is this is the bucket that gets filled with everything else that didn't get tended to mm-hmm. when we're on mission you know and just habitually craig i'm aware if there's time i fill it right nature mm-hmm. abhors a vacuum and I can find some pull in my soul to react to having a little bandwidth to race to get to all the things that haven't been tended to. Mm -hmm. When it's as practical as my truck or my home or as meaningful as some strategic project in my work or a relationship that really needs tended to. But those buckets fill so quick. And what I've found historically is that ebb disappears and it goes from driving – in the flow time to actually driving in what was intended to be more of a rest time. Mm. And so this summer I was in a similar window where there were so many temptations to simply just maximize and fill my time. But I felt like the Holy Spirit was giving this sentence of, if not now, then when? Mm. If not now, then Mm. when? And what I think he was after in me through that sentence was, Given the propensity of my false self to driving intensity, to finding validation by coming through for people, an ebb never feels like an ebb. Hmm. Mm -hmm. There's never a time that feels like, oh, this is the restful time. Instead, it actually begins with a choice. It's a choice that's not rooted in the emotions of the moment but to say, I choose rest I choose to slow down. I choose less is more. I choose to hear the Father's validation to say, son, that's enough for a day. Hmm. Or I choose to listen to God against the pull that I feel in my body to do more, do more, and kind of listen into the Holy Spirit to say, yep, that's an important task, and we'll get to that this spring, and let that go, or that's important that relational need and that's actually not for you Mm -hmm. and that that's beyond what god intends for me so i feel in some ways that this is one of the more difficult challenges because it's easy for me Mm -hmm. to be intense it's easy for me to focus and go all in the more holy and challenging option is to hear the father's leadership to say this is the ebb I have battles coming for you, and I want something in you to offer. Mm. And so, son, what does that look like in this season? Mm. Let's slow down, Mm -hmm. and let's find that cadence of the ebb so that I can discover what Jesus says that he's after to say to someone that's tired or weary, come to me, get away with me, like he says in Matthew, and you'll Mm -hmm. recover your life. And Mm -hmm. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk Mm -hmm. with me work with me and watch how I do it. And that's what I'm after in this mm-hmm. season.
2: Another very counterintuitive way to live for you, right?
0: Oh, it is. And counterintuitive to the world. I mean, mm-hmm. as a father with young kids and family in two different parts of the country, in this holiday season, the temptation is just busyness mm-hmm. with lots of very, very good things. Yeah. And it's, it's very counterintuitive and it's frankly risky because – You roll the dice and you don't know how it's going to go. But that's part of kingdom living is the courage to roll the dice, to step back, to reject the condemnation, and then to consider it. Give it honest consideration to say, well, what was the fruit of that? Mm -hmm.
1: So, Morgan, take us into a real example where you find yourself being the magnetic pull kind of of productivity or I can get this thing done. But then you realize, oh, wait, here's where real life is, or here's what I could be doing with my family, with God. Give us an example of where that happened and how you made that decision in the moment.
0: Sure. Just a real practical example. I'm in physical therapy right now for a couple body injuries, and none of them are crises, and none of them, sadly, were super recent. They were injuries, the most recent, a bicycling accident on a single track mountain bike a year and a half ago. And it's just been nagging me, the shoulder injury. And, and that rash, my God. Oh, man. <laughs> when will that ever happen? Hey, Whoa. I'm leaving that. That's for conversation. Oh, Come on. You look like Gorbachev. Try to have something for the Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alan, I have these nagging injuries. In a busy, always blasting world, it's just so easy to simply avoid that and not get it tended to you know it's not bad enough it's not a crisis but what i'm aware of it's actually cowardly it's actually the easier path to not tend to it than what i'm realizing now in weekly physical therapy and daily exercises using two pound weights like and doing stretches. Mm-hmm. Like, just the humility and the humiliation of it. Of Those are my workouts right now. I'm not blasting on a trail. I'm not on the mountain bike. Right. I'm doing these little dumbbell exercises. Are, the,
2: are they Barbie dumbbells? I
0: borrowed them from your wife, actually. <laughs> they're pink. But she said you use them often.
2: Well, yeah. Yeah, they're pink. They yeah. used to be red. The sun bleached.
0: I always work out outside. <laughs> they match your board choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're beautiful. I feel so loved. So... Alan, I think it's a very poignant example of in Mm. the old days, I wouldn't have tended to it until it was a crisis. And what I'm aware of is saying yes and consenting to getting my body worked on from these chronic issues. It's actually tending to my soul because it's causing me to make a priority in every day windows to do the stretches, to do the care, to get my joints healed. So it's a physical – manifestation of a soulful reality Hmm. that God is asking me to tend to these places. And it's not just in my body. It's in lots of spheres of life.
1: And when he does, are you finding often that's hard for you still to say yes, or is that becoming easier each time?
0: It's always hard to say yes. But what I'm finding is as soon as I give my consent, he rushes right in mm-hmm. and validates it. And when I'm on this table being worked on by an amazing provider, this gal, I feel God ministering to me. I feel him healing me on a much deeper level than my physiology. And so what I find is while it never gets easy to make that choice – I know where the fruit is and I know what it does to me on a soul level. And then I get to model that for my wife and model that for my kids.
1: Morgan, that's awesome. I mean, those are brave choices and it's changing who you are inside out. Mm. Craig, you know, when you're I not – I think
2: we should post the before and after rash picture <laughs> on the website. You
0: really committed to this rash. didn't <laughs> yeah. you? I w- wish we had a video podcast. Yeah,
2: I wish we did too. <laughs>
1: So, Craig, when you're not running a triathlon, (laughs) jumping out of airplanes. Yeah. In
2: Yeah. Or flying across the country to rescue. uh, Beauties everywhere.
0: Or squirrel trapping.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Beauties and squirrel trapping are really just take more time than one would imagine. So
1: (laughs) what's, what's current in your life right now?
2: Oh, great question! I uh, feel like I could share five or six things. You've got time for one? <laughs> <laughs> really, a half? Then you should
0: talk about shaving that mustache, creaky. buddy. If yeah, you only yeah. have time for one, thank ah, God!
2: What wh- wh- mustache?
0: Thank God that thing's gone.
2: Oh, I had this great oh, mustache, bushy. and yeah, bushy, bushy, yeah, bushy, like Wyatt Earp, Doc Holliday. Well, where'd it go? Yeah. Well, Morgan said I look like some kind of predator. And I decided I better. <laughs> hey, shame I have an
0: eight-year-old daughter. <laughs> Everything's changed <from> perspective.
2: <laughs> oh, so it went off. Gosh, what's new? You know, I'm seeing a counselor. The motivation to see the counselor began in January when I uh, had my first panic attack, and my psychiatrist at MD Anderson said that I had post traumatic stress syndrome from uh, my uh, cancer experiences and chemo so there's a couple things that she's working on with me and i don't know how this is going to go i'm a little nervous sharing these with you because uh, they're kind of cool and i think you'll you'll start laughing at me one is that uh, i'm a tall beautiful flower <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Can you say more? Yeah, I'll say more. The counselor, it was interesting. She says, Craig, you've been through a lot. Not everyone is called to go on a journey that you've gone on. And I dismiss that quickly. I've always felt that we all go through mm. an equal level of pain and suffering in life and that – My pain or suffering or hardships, though different in circumstance, are no different than anyone else. And she dismantled that and kind of um, pointed out how I was insulating myself from the pain and how hard Mm. those things were by making them common and everyday for everyone. So we begin to work through that. As we talked, one of the things she says, Craig, you're um, you stand a little taller than many, and of course, shame and contempt dismiss that mm-hmm. too, because I don't believe that's true either. Mm-hmm. And the the illustration was a field of tulips, and you know, no one wants to be the tulip that stands above the rest. The beauty a of field of tulips is that they're all the same height, and You don't want to aspire to be taller than the crowd, the group. And if you happen to be taller, you need to be clipped down to the height that all the other tulips are at. And that kind of began us on this journey and discussion of what do I bring that is unique? What do I bring that is powerful? You know, you can probably hear my voice. I feel awkward sharing this because it's new. I haven't gained a comfort
0: level fully with it yet. Craig, if you put aside the contempt and uh-huh. you allow what God's bringing to you through your counselor to be true about who you truly are and what it is that you bring— How does it shift things for you? How does it cause you to see and therefore live differently?
2: Yeah. What I'm getting from this counselor is for some reason the time is right in my heart and soul to hear in a way I haven't heard before that no, you stand tall in what you bring. She asked me, What do I bring? And I said, I bring joy. And she says, that's nothing for you. She says, you could bring joy to people blindfolded, two hands tied behind mm-hmm. your back, unconscious in a hospital bed. Mm-hmm. You do bring joy, but that's, that's nothing. You bring something deeper and far more profound. And she started sharing how what I bring is the presence of God. That what she sees is is developing a gift and ability to bring God, whether it's through the humor, the compassion, the um, patience, the listening, that I bring God to people, and it hearing that struck a note of yes, yes. To clarify. What you bring distinguishes you from others, and it immediately removes or surfaces the agreements you've made that so-and-so is over here. Mm -hmm. I'm over here. I need to be like him. How do I get there? But when you begin to gain a little bit of clarity and confidence that, no, actually this is what I bring, and what I bring is really good— that person actually needs to move a little more in this mm-hmm. direction. Mm-hmm. So, what I've found myself doing, Morgan and Alan, is breaking a bunch of agreements that so and so and so and so, whether they be uh, a friend or someone in the Christian movement, I want to be like them. I need to be like them. Why am I not like them? And that opens up shame and contempt. It's moved me into the direction of breaking agreements and just simply saying, no, I kind of actually like who I am. Cancer has given me something unique to say and to bring that isn't said. And I'm excited about saying that. Now, this is all so young and new, but that's what's going on.
1: So, Craig, when you were using, you know, this image of a field of flowers uh-huh. and you were saying, you know, because you don't necessarily initially want to be the tall flower right? because that's the one that gets clipped. And yet, as you're telling your story, it sounds like the invitation you've been given is, no, be that tall flower, like claim your identity and yeah. rise up. So then did you have to push into the... The fear of that being something that would be clipped or, or not accepted? Yeah. Could we use a different
2: word than clip? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there's lots of tall flowers in the field, but it takes a lot of humility and courage to accept what God tells you when he says – at this stage in your life, you have something very unique and very different to offer, and it's valued, and it's needed, and I want you to offer it. I don't feel like I'm afraid to be clipped. I just want to live fully, bringing the testimony that God shows up in the most difficult times. Everything else fades, and you captured by his majesty in a way that reduces you to just worship and adoration and gratefulness and that that God is present in the day-to-day challenges we face and that God is a father who has so much kindness and goodness for each of us. I Mm.
1: love that and I love seeing and I have seen that strength in you Just even in the last few weeks, it feels like you have stepped into this truer version of yourself with more strength, yes, with humor, yes, with joy that you bring to others, but there's a real strength that is present now that is apparent that when you walk into the room, it's joy, but it's also just you offering something that, yeah, you uniquely can bring and that we need as a team, it's awesome, Craig. It's awesome to see.
0: Yeah, Alan, I'm in total agreement with you, Craig. As you're sharing, I'm realizing that we have been some of the primary beneficiaries of the reality of you owning your true place Mm -hmm. in this season in God's story Even in this past boot camp, there was times where I stood amazed, both in your public role, but even more in your more private, intimate role as a member of Mm -hmm. our team. Just amazed at what you bring and where my heart goes as you're sharing is something Dallas Willard shared in Divine Conspiracy, and it's something that you're living out very beautifully. We were built to count as water is made to run downhill. We are placed in a specific context to count in ways no one else Mm. does. That is our destiny. Mm -hmm. So good.
2: So good. Well, guys, thanks for sharing
1: current stories, for just the transparency and the rawness of I know a lot of this is new for all of us, what we're going through. And I love hearing what's going on in
2: your world. Can I make an observation there? How many other fronts are there that we could talk about? Oh, man. I mean, we've each shared one. Right. I feel like we could probably each share six different areas of what's going on Mm -hmm. that's new and current. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it is. I think the invitation around this table but for everyone listening is be present to the rhythms – Of your heart and of your life, and don't let things go unobserved because an unobserved life is a very shallow life. And there's so much that God's always doing in our world. And so, just the invitation to whether it's with your spouse or a group of friends or just someone close, like go into your stories with each other because Mm -hmm. that's where we see God and that's where we interpret our own stories.
2: Yeah, I'd say, answer the question, uh, what's current in your life Mm. right now? How would you describe what God is doing and what's unfolding and what's being set up in your heart and your soul and your spirit?
0: And Jesus, we stand with our allies now, Mm -hmm. listening out there. Holy Spirit, we ask by your leadership, you would take every man and every Mm -hmm. woman— into what's most current Mm -hmm. and rather than just medicating or minimizing Mm -hmm. it, I pray that the living God, that you would come in and you would shine your light. Lord, you would make known to them the path of life. Mm -hmm. Yes. We stand in your authority between them and their enemies, Mm -hmm. and we forbid the accuser of the brethren and the Father of lies to have the final say. Mm-hmm. We renounce the lies in the authority of Jesus Christ and we stand in what's true. We take our place in your kingdom. We agree with who you are, God. We agree with what you are doing mm-hmm. and we agree with how you want to do it. We ask that you would bring your supernatural life into the hearts of every one of our allies, even now, even mm-hmm. in this week. You would bring abundance. You would bring life Mm. and strength, Lord, that you would restore broken places, that you would bring strength to the weary, Mm. that people would just find their hearts, Lord, rising up and being strengthened in the inner man.
1: Mm. Mm -hmm. Amen. And guys, next week, just wanted to mention to the listeners, we are in December and we will be going into a series of new Advent messages. With John and Craig, with you. So, we invite you to come back, prepare your heart, and be ready to go into this season of joy, Christmas, but also oftentimes real opposition and challenges. We want to go through that with you, and we'll begin that journey next week. Till then, this is Craig, Morgan, and Alan, thanking you for the time. Go into your stories. Talk about what's current and meet God there. See you next week.